This is Carl Zinsmeister with Sweet Charity, a series of stories about how private giving solves public problems, adapted from the Philanthropy Roundtable's Almanac of American Philanthropy. In the course of traveling the U.S. and taking questions from audiences about my philanthropy almanac, I've collected 10 common criticisms of charitable action. In this last of three installments, I'll answer a final set of concerns. One concern is the idea that philanthropy is undemocratic. Critics from the left regularly complain that donors accumulate too much power and that their money lets them impose their point of view on society. The first answer to that is to point out how radically decentralized our giving is. Let's start with today's most behemoth of big donors, the Gates Foundation. As the largest single giver in the country, Gates grants out about $4 billion per year. Sounds like a lot. But in total, we Americans donated $410 billion last year. That means our very biggest philanthropist is responsible for less than 1% of our annual cash giving. That is not an unhealthy concentration of power. The critics who complain about the influence of large donors don't realize that only 16% of total giving today comes from foundations started by the wealthy. So where does the bulk come from? The vast majority of our philanthropy comes from everyday American donors who give at a rate of about $2,500 per household. Multiply that by 100 million households and you see the big money coming from our grassroots. The really striking aspect of private giving in the U.S. is actually how diffuse it is. Anyone who admires mass participation democracy ought to be excited by our millions of small givers and hundreds of thousands of local charitable organizations. A related complaint you will often hear from some of the same critics is this one. Only government can lead important social change in a fair way. Well, that is simply not the verdict of history. Small donors were quietly educating slaves back when government made that an illegal act. The first schools, missions, colleges, and apprenticeships for African Americans were all created by private donors, often in the face of state resistance. At the same time that government was enforcing Jim Crow laws, philanthropist Julius Rosenwald erected 4,977 rural schools all across America's Black Belt. And at the time of his death, 27% of all African-American children in our country were educated in one of the schools he donated. A skeptic might say, well, that's all very nice, but it's ancient history. Today, the government leads all necessary reform. But that is also gravely mistaken. Guess where America's most segregated and often most inadequate government-run schools are located at present? According to the UCLA Civil Rights Project, all in northern cities with activist governments. Detroit, Milwaukee, New York, Newark, Chicago, and Philadelphia. In these cities and many others today, it is private philanthropy that is shaking up the complacent public schools. The charter schools that donors created from scratch in New York City, for instance, less than 20 years ago, now provide superior education to 114,000 heavily minority children. And another 53,000 kids are lined up on waiting lists, while philanthropists beg for government permission to create more of these high-performing schools. 
And then there are the critics who point out that some donors are mean or vainly seeking their name on things or taking part in charity for all the wrong reasons. Well, it is certainly true that philanthropists aren't always pretty. In the Almanac of American Philanthropy, I describe in detail some shabby behavior by prominent donors like J. Paul Getty, Russell Sage, and John MacArthur. Despite being not such nice guys, however, these individuals and others like them ultimately managed to be extremely helpful to their fellow man, thanks to their charitable activities. This is the really fascinating secret of philanthropy. You don't need to be an angel to participate. The genius of the philanthropic mechanism is that it accepts people just as they are. Kind impulses and selfish impulses, confusions and vanities and wishes of all sorts swirling together in the usual human jumble, and it helps bring out the best of us and helps each of us do wondrous things even when we are not saints. The magic of America's charitable structure is that it is able to convert common human impulses into truth, uplift, and beauty for all of society. Finally, you may have heard the complaint that donating money is sometimes too much about the giver's needs and wishes. But, you know, giving is a two-way transaction, and the satisfactions of helping are just as real and just as good for human beings as the satisfactions of having someone come to your aid. That's why even people with little disposable income are eager to give and feel good when they do. The joy that comes from giving is expressed in many corners of literature. Victor Hugo, for instance, wrote, As the purse is emptied, the heart is filled. That isn't just sentiment. Hard evidence on this point has been collected by social scientists. In a 2008 research paper, for instance, three investigators gave study participants money, asked half to spend it on themselves, and the other half to give it to some person or charity. Those who donated the money showed a significant uptick in happiness. Those who spent it on themselves did not. Other studies have shown that being a giver can actually make you healthier, lowering blood pressure, stress, illness, and mortality. Americans who donate money and time are more likely to prosper and be satisfied with life. We know that charity often is very helpful to the recipient. So why object if it's also good for the giver? That's just a lovely bonus. If you have other criticisms of philanthropy you'd like to discuss, please send them to me at the Philanthropy Roundtable. Large-scale private giving is one of the most unusual American behaviors and something we'll be thinking through carefully for years to come. For Sweet Charity, this has been Carl Zinsmeister. And for more tales from the Almanac of American Philanthropy, find the book at Amazon. <laughs>